Conversations with Orbita, a podcast dedicated to helping healthcare and life science organizations reimagine the patient journey with conversational AI. This is where automation meets empathy. back, everybody, to Conversations with Orbita. Uh, this is Nate Trelor, your host, and we have a very special guest today. Um, not only is she the new chief executive officer of Orbita, she's my boss. So I'm going to have a conversation with my boss, and I'm really looking forward to it. Welcome, Patty. Hello, Nate. It's great to be here. It seems like uh, we haven't talked in quite a while. I think it was five minutes ago we dropped off our last call. And uh, so <laughs> it's just from one thing to the next. Um, how's it been? You've been here about six weeks. Yeah, I actually think I'm in week seven and it's been a mile a minute, but it's been so much fun. And I feel truly blessed to work with such an incredible team and to have such an amazing product that I think will make a huge difference in transforming how healthcare does business. Well, obviously, I agree with you, and um, I think for the benefit of the listeners, we are going to have an open conversation with Patty about her perspectives on the market, and uh, for those of you that follow our website, uh, Patty had recently posted a, a blog post um, with her impressions, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit around the themes in that blog post, and I encourage uh, you folks to uh, go to the Orbita website at orbita.ai, click on resources, you'll find Patty's blog right on the top of the list of blogs there. So um, Patty, got a bunch of questions for you. I have all the answers now because I know you at this point, but uh, for the benefit of the audience, maybe you can uh, share a little of your background. What got you started in the healthcare industry? So I got into the healthcare industry by accident. I was looking for a job out of undergrad and interviewed with a number of different organizations and ended up going to work for Dun & Bradstreet Plan Services, which was a third-party administrator of small group health insurance. And I had absolutely no clue what I was getting into. Um, I was an international relations major in uh, undergrad. And so I jumped into business and it was actually one of the best experiences I could have had fresh out of college. Um, and it was a company that focused on doing the sales underwriting and claims adjudication for a number of niche health insurance companies. And they used it as a door opener for life insurance. So life insurance agents and brokers would sell health insurance to help them get in the door with small businesses so that they could sell life insurance. Mm. And I was part of a management training program where I rotated through all the departments of this Dun & Bradstreet plan services and got exposure to sales, underwriting, claims, customer service. And as a result, I ended up being a customer service ombudswoman and administered a service guarantee. This was the time that Deming and Total quality management was taking off and I was able to kick off the service guarantee, which really meant that I got to know all the different departments across the organization. 
And it was fantastic because I really got indoctrinated to healthcare, to the payer side of healthcare, to sales, to operations, to service. And so it really gave me an education in terms of what, what was going on in the industry and just business in general. And from there, I ended up going back to Chicago. That, that job was in Tampa, Florida, and I'm originally from Chicago, but I went from that job back to Chicago, and that's when I really got into healthcare, technology, data, analytics. But I had the foundation of understanding how payers interacted with providers and how the whole ecosystem in healthcare worked. So that's originally how I got started. Yeah. Well, I think it is rare for somebody to have that kind of uh, career start that gives you that perspective on all the components of the industry, the business side, the mechanics and operations side. Um, but then you had your own business for a while, right? I did. I ended up, after that first job, I worked for a number of companies that were small and grew. So I worked and saw a number of entrepreneurs take businesses, grow them, and then sell them in most cases. And I, after, after getting a real education, <laughs> working for these organizations, I ended up um, realizing that I could do this myself. And what prompted it was I went to graduate school at Northwestern's Kellogg School of, of Management, got my MBA. And while there, I took an entrepreneurship class and I wrote a business plan. Um, it was I was going to school at night while working full-time and I was pregnant. And I ended up writing a business plan about the need for a consumer reports type solution for women to pick an ob -GYN. And so I wrote this business plan and I put it on a shelf, but then I pulled it back out at, at when was this? Probably it was in uh, 2002, 2003 timeframe. And I, um, thought, wow, at the time I was working with a partner and we were doing ambulatory strategy consulting. And I realized I liked making money when I was sleeping and not just selling my time through consulting. And I thought I need an annuity revenue stream. And so we were working with hospitals and radiologists to set up freestanding imaging centers. And these imaging centers really got business through service and promoting through their referral network to get internists, oncologists, orthopedic surgeons to refer business to them. And I thought, huh, these folks need data to better understand how to promote their services and to identify ways that they can improve and grow. So at the time, SurveyMonkey was taking off and I thought I can create a survey monkey for healthcare. So I ended up hiring a developer off of Craigslist and building a product that allowed these imaging centers to capture feedback by sending an email to a patient after a visit. They would click on a link, take a survey, and then the results would be compiled. And then these imaging centers would know how to improve what they were doing. 
So long story short, I um, was in this consulting business and realized I really wanted to devote my time to this product. So my partner and I split and I took the product, he kept the consulting business and I started a company called Patient Impact. And we initially were focused on selling to imaging centers, but then I expanded to sell to medical practices, ambulatory surgery centers, retail clinics, pretty much everything outpatient and um, ended up growing that business and ended up selling it to Press Ganey, which is the largest patient experience survey company in the United States. So uh, you certainly got a flavor for the potential of automation, right? Through that experience. And um, I, you know, my sense is you haven't really lost your passion for the connection between automation and digital health and healthcare. Uh, maybe we can fast forward to today and say, what was it about the Orbita story or more generally the story of virtual assistants that attracted you? Well, so I have always been involved in data analytics and tech. And so it started with patient impact. And then while I was at Press Ganey, we did patient experience, employee experience, clinical outcome work, and it involved doing data collection. So I had always been through the, the data collection process. And then I ended up at Qualtrics, which was the last position that I held before joining Orbita. And Qualtrics is an electronic survey on steroids type company. <laughs> and um, I think the appeal of Orbita for me is through my career, I have captured information and identified areas that needed improvement. And we would make recommendations to our customers on what to improve and how to improve. What the real appeal of Orbita is we actually improve these things. So we use automation to streamline the awareness building, the education, the onboarding, the utilization process and post-care post encounter to inform patients, providers, suppliers and others in how to do business better, how to streamline getting from point A to point B how to make it easier and simpler for engagement with the healthcare process. And so that blew my socks off. I really loved it and thought this is the natural extension for me, the next step in my career path to go from understanding how to analyze what the problem might be to actually fixing it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things as you were kind of describing that background um, and not to take away from any of the companies, including the one you founded, that have focused on assessments and surveys, but it is really one dimension of patient engagement, right, and uh, patient experiences. And what, one of the things that we've been doing at Orbita for a few years now is tapping into the power and potential of these virtual technologies to collect information through surveys. But a conversation goes two ways, right? You can ask questions and you can answer questions. Fundamentally. Um, and uh, so I wonder, as you think about this general space of uh, patient experience, engagement, workflows that are being automated, uh, what excites you the most about the twist that Orbita has taken with respect to using these more advanced technologies? So I see what we're doing at Orbita and realize that we are going to transform how patients engage with providers, how they can 
we feel empowered to participate in, in the healthcare process. So I look at Orbita and what we're doing in terms of our ability to take conversations and make them feel real enough that a patient takes accountability for their own health, hmm. that a provider feels like they can do outreach to a patient to help ensure that they're staying compliant or adherent to whatever the treatment protocol may be. And if something goes wrong, if there's a question or if there's a, a patient that's receiving treatment and there's an adverse reaction to something, they have an ability to engage quickly and figure out what to do in order to get a better outcome, to be, to be kind of technical or clinical. So I look at, you know, what, what was uncovered during COVID was how far behind the healthcare industry is in leveraging technology to streamline workflows and to simplify getting from point A to point B. And I think what Orbita is doing is, is filling in the, the holes and I, I call it the glue to really help extend and enhance how the healthcare system can collaborate and work with that consumer or that patient in order to deliver health more efficiently, to, in order to make people feel informed and reassured. And we use natural language processing and artificial intelligence to make that experience really feel natural and comfortable and empathetic. So the technology that we're leveraging is really something that I think is going to make a difference for the patient, but really for the administrators and the providers in the healthcare industry, because their time is going to be better spent. Mm -hmm. So our ability to handle some of that, the upfront logistics and navigation in order to get the patient where they need to be is going to make the life of the healthcare worker that much easier so that they can focus and, and play to the top of their practice instead of having to, having to deal with a lot of the, we'll call it the administrative burden that we often hear about when we're talking to doctors and nurses. Right, and that's ultimately the promise of automation, right? Um, but I think the tagline we've embraced, automation with empathy, captures those two concepts you just pointed out. One is that we want to help uh, clinicians work at the top of their license, but we also want to engage and support patients with an experience that is personalized and empathetic and uh, more accessible, if you will, not just technically accessible, but accessible from the point of view of where digital technology isn't embraced by every population out there. Um, I had the experience, and I, you know, I've shared this on this podcast before, of dealing with you know, elderly individuals who are using voice-assistive technology for the first time. And the uptake of that kind of technology in that population is much higher than other digital technologies, smartphones, tablets, and whatnot. So when we think about conversational experiences, virtual agents, um, it, in empathy, generally, it's really reaching the patients where they are with uh, the information they need when they need it. Um, so natural language is important, right? Um, so when you think about uh, the future, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's like wax poetic on this for a second. When you think about the future and some of these concepts, 
what's next? You know, where, where is the, uh, and, and particularly in light of COVID, right? I don't think we want to say we're past the pandemic, but we've learned a lot. And some of the patterns that the pandemic has uh, imposed on the healthcare system are going to remain for the foreseeable future. Um, how, do you, how do you see you know, the next five years playing out with respect to these kinds of solutions and the uh, industry as a whole? So five years is a long time. All right, I'm true. not sure I have that, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I see what we're doing and, and I, I think that we are, we're helping to push the envelope. So one of the things we're working on now is leveraging social media in order to reach the right patient at the right time. And one of the things that Orbita does, which also I think is phenomenal, is that we can leverage text, email, chatbots, voice, that we have the ability to let to take advantage of any channel using any mode and we can cascade. So the outreach through text may not yield fruit. Then we try email. And then if no one responds, we can try voice. So to your point about seniors using Alexa to engage from a, let's say a health maintenance perspective, the beauty I think is that we can take advantage of all of these different forms of communication to reach the patient so it is comfortable where they are. So, so one of the things I see for the future is determining whether it's based on demographic or the diagnosis or whatever condition a, a patient might have, how do we reach out in a way that there's, they're gonna respond? So whether that's through social media or that's direct or it's directing someone to a website or a physician could prescribe, I need you to go check something out. And then we can help with that engagement by pulling them in and then make the connection to say a telehealth provider and the telehealth provider can write a script and then we can help get make sure that script gets filled. And then once it's filled and delivered, we can follow up with the patient to say, do you understand the instructions for this drug and how to use it? And then following up X number of weeks later to say, have you had any side effects or is there any questions that you may have? So we talk about the whole continuum of care from the awareness building, education, and then engagement of a patient, the utilization of the healthcare system. And then after a visit, I think of all the touch points where Orbita can help smooth that workflow and making sure that what is supposed to happen happens so that ultimately we get better outcomes we improve and streamline the process. So we're saving costs and that overarching, that experience for the patient, for the provider, whomever is that much better. So I guess looking into the future, I see how Orbita can help assist with that automation in order to make the healthcare experience as easy and as seamless as other experiences like retail or, you know, everyone likens to Amazon or Uber and how easy it is to take advantage and help have, have technology empower that process. So I see Orbita contributing to that and ultimately it will make lives better, both for those delivering care as well as those receiving it. Yeah, the intersection of healthcare and technology, I, I, I think um, there are two ways to answer a question like that I ask, you know, how do you see 
healthcare uh, manifesting in five years time, you know, the, there's a technical answer too, right? Which is exploring what does it mean to deliver a virtual care experience to a patient in the context of a care journey? And the point you make, I think, is one I would also, uh, hopefully, we both agree on everything. And this is one for sure, which is that a virtual assistant that can be aware of where the patient is throughout the journey and be contextual to their state in their, their care journey, whatever that might be. And context means knowing, uh, you know, how adherent to their medication have they been? What is the, you know, you know their progress and their, um, you know, their recovery from a post-acute event or whatever, uh, or an acute event. Um, so I think the intersection between these virtual assistive technologies and an entire care plan is a really interesting concept. The other technical part of it, which um, um, I know we love to talk about, and I would love to hear you talk about it as well, is that there are things that can be done with virtual technology that cannot be done in, in every kind of human care interaction, right? That technology offers us a benefit to collect information that otherwise wouldn't be as easy to collect and to react to that information. So one example that we have as a sort of first-class citizen and the requirement that we handle on the life science side is handling adverse events. And uh, to be able to recognize when an adverse event has been reported implicitly or otherwise is a, is, is a real problem in the industry and is a real technical problem when you try to virtualize this. You wanna talk about that? Well, I mean, you raise a really good point. People might talk to an avatar or a bot more openly than they would to a human being. And so we have the ability to engage and I'll call it pull, pull pieces of information out of someone and even if it's just a reference, our artificial intelligence can pick up on that and flag it and either ask additional questions to gain clarity or say, you better get to the hospital. So whether you know someone says, I have a tightening in my chest, that could be a red flag that we alert them and we tell them what to do and then ideally alert their, their healthcare provider. So there's mechanisms as we go into the future that hopefully will save lives and help accelerate resolution to what could be catastrophic situations. And so it's, it's taking advantage of what the technology can tease out and how human beings interact with that technology. Yeah, and then there's, an, there's another kind of technical perspective, which is where is the line between where a virtual assistant can kind of work and then hand off. And uh, as you know, uh, this idea of escalation of, um, as you just described, is an important one. You know, we're not talking about virtual assistant technology that's gonna replace humans in the healthcare system. These are tools that augment the, the healthcare system. And I think one of the more interesting futures, not even really a future, it's, it's really for us at Orbita, this is a pretty much now, is this ability to switch from a virtual experience to a human experience when required, right? And to do it as seamlessly as possible, whether it's shifting into a telehealth call or even just a phone call. And, and we are doing it now. So we'll yeah. do call center deflection. So whether it's using a bot to reduce call volume for a call center so that 
someone could solve their problem just interacting with a chatbot or a virtual assistant. Or if they call into the call center, they can go through an IVR chain to maybe get resolution before talking to a human being. So that's one piece. But the other is the conversation may be going on and we can recognize that this needs to be escalated and therefore can bring a human being either into say a text exchange or to a virtual assistant chatbot exchange or can escalate to a telephone call. So. Well, uh, we're given a little bit of insight, obviously, into what we do now and even where we're going with our technology. But maybe um, as the new CEO of Orbita, the parting question will be, what's next? You know, what are your priorities? Without revealing business secrets, can you give us a flavor for where the company's headed? So one of the things that we're working on now is really trying to package solutions to make it easy for health systems, payers, life science organizations to get started leveraging these virtual assistant digital tools very quickly. So we have bundled together a digital front door solution for a health system that gives them all out of the box a symptom triage solution, find a location, find a doctor, schedule an appointment, register for a program, all bundled together in an easy to set up, click a button and all of a sudden you're ready to go. Um, the, The purpose of this is one, to make it easy and to allow organizations to take advantage of this technology and build it into their workflows. So we integrate with systems of record like an electronic health record system or uh, you know, CRM to ensure that we minimize the disruption while maximizing the, the efficiency and the impact that using virtual assistants can have. So we're looking at bundling to make it easy and then speed to value is dramatically enhanced because we can get things set up quickly. And then the emphasis is on customizing and tweaking to ensure that it fits the specific needs of the customer, but then their ability to use it and see that impact becomes really the end goal. So we're doing that with um, digital front door for health systems. We're creating HCP virtual assistance for life science organizations, patient support virtual assistance, So the intention is to focus on streamlining and enhancing workflows that have a dramatic impact in a short period of time. Next step would be focusing on care pathways and how do we make it easy for say pre-surgical prep and post-surgical follow-up to happen. So you empower both the patient and the provider to have communication ahead and after an, an encounter with the healthcare system so that they get the questions answered and that they understand how to follow up so that they optimize their outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good enough. Patty, thank you so much. Um, This podcast is called Conversations with Orbita, and we have had a conversation with the CEO of Orbita, Patty Riskin. Patty, again, thank you. And for the listeners, this is episode nine, I believe. And we appreciate everyone listening in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.